Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Jacob back here with Clear Path Podcast. Um, uh, got uh, Kyle Couples on today. We're going to get into a little bit um, of the top end of the NBA draft and kind of what's going on uh, with um, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's a big Atlanta Hawks fan, so you'll, you'll enjoy that. But wanted to head it off here uh, really quick with um, a little bit about daydrinkers.com. It's a new partnership with Vendetta Sports Media. Um, they have a tab on their website, you know, daydrinkers.com. There's a tab that says Vendetta Sports uh, products there. Um, there's T-shirts. There's kind of koozie, you know, kind of a bunch of little uh, cool little kind of products and, and, and clothing and merch and everything. So check it out. Uh, I believe the uh, promo code for my podcast is uh, PATH. Uh, or clear, so try one of those. Uh, or there's some others for the podcast as well. They'll probably have it listed on the uh, um, on the website. Um, but anyway, just check out the website. Uh, so give them give them a follow. Give them a uh, you know uh, give them a little bit of your time. They're great guys uh, sponsoring us. And then as far as anything else goes, we got a lot going on at Vendetta Sports right now. I get a lot of NBA draft content out. Um, a lot of, a couple different articles on the Kawhi Leonard news and everything that's going on. Um, and uh, what all is uh, you know kind of. The, the the future of that situation and if he's going to be on the Spurs, if he's going to go you know to the Celtics, to the, the Sixers, to the Lakers, whatever. Uh, i got a couple podcasts that have been uh, coming out this week. Uh, Heavyweight Hot Takes, uh, Lead Word uh, with Trey. You know, he's always got that some cheese um, as well as uh, Keep to Yourself. And those guys uh, really have a good time podcasting and uh, listening to them. So check out a bunch of the stuff. It's VendettaSportsMedia.com. Um, uh, got a lot of content coming up. Hopefully we get a lot of stuff here, uh, po- uh, pre and post draft. So um, uh, but anyway, guys, enjoy the podcast. Kyle, what's up, my man? What's up, Jacob? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, glad we could get you on. The uh, newest member of Vendetta Sports Media. Um, kind of a jack-of-all-trades at the moment. You're, uh, what are you doing? You're doing social media you're doing uh, some World Cup content. You're hoping to get a podcast up and running soon. I uh, got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to balance, but we're uh, trying to get it all done here in Nashville, Tennessee. World Cup is going strong, but of course, everybody's favorite thing, the NBA offseason is officially upon us, and it starts this week with the draft. Yeah. It, it is, man. That's been dominating the news headlines. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're still in uh, Nashville in 2026 when it's a site for the the uh, what is the United 2026 World Cup. Or hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I could be going back home to Atlanta. I know they definitely are going to get one with that billion dollar stadium. Yeah, I know. And then uh, Levi Stadium is always host, a host for soccer out here too. So I'm pumped about that. So. You know, no big deal. I'll just be 34. Got to wait a little while. <laughs> Sounds terrible. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it does. But good things yeah. happen to those who wait. Right. I'll, I'm sure I'll be a much more mature adult at that at that point in time. <laughs> I probably but, uh, won't be. I'll probably be the same. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, enough of that. Enough of the World Cup. That's for another another time, another podcast. Um, the reason I brought Kyle on, he is a. Uh, avid Atlanta sports fan. Uh, you were like an honorary uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan for like a few months, but you're a, uh, you're a Hawks fan through and through. Ever since I've known you, you've been a big Hawks guy. You're a, you know, a Falcons guy, a Braves guy. Like, you, you know, grew up, you know, you grew up around Atlanta, you know, so the Hawks is, is something that's close to you. You've been to a lot of games. You, I know you owed some jerseys. So, um, you know, I really wanted to get the, you know, the top three pick jumped up above my Grizzlies in the draft. You know, you guys suck for doing that. 
Um, but uh, but I wanted to get you on to see kind of what your feeling is from another team that's in the lottery, your perspective. Uh, yeah, the the Hawks have always played a huge role in my life, and that's pretty sad if you're first time listening <laughs> to me talk. Um, I had season tickets when they won only 13 games all year, so that was – that was pretty heartbreaking. And then the Joe Johnson came, the little Mike Bibby trade, and Al Horford, and then the terribleness that was Marvin Williams. I can't believe – I'm still mad that we didn't take Chris Paul oh, in that God. trade. And um, we're, all, we're about to see what they're about to do here yep. on Thursday, and I hope it's – I know what I want, but I don't think a lot of Atlanta fans want him. Yeah, no, I definitely want to get your take on that because it is uh, uh, – that is a hot topic at the top of the draft. So, you know, Atlanta in my – like, you know, I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan, of course. You know, we've we've kind of had similar, I guess – I guess would say a similar decade. You know, Atlanta was, you know, what was it, five or six straight years was a top four seed in the playoffs. Al Horford, Paul Millsap, you know, Joe Johnson was a part of that for a little bit. But, you know, you had a really good core there. Uh, Damari Carroll, Jeff Teague, you know, you guys were, you made it to the conference finals. You know, I know you, everybody runs into LeBron and loses, so no big deal. Grizzlies the same way, you know, seven straight playoffs. You know, both of us now, though, you know, different situations, but we both ended up in the lottery. We both ended up in the top five specifically. Both had, you know, down, uninspiring seasons in uh, 2017, 2018. So we're, we're in similar positions, and we actually both kind of want the same player. So uh, let's jump into that right now. Um, I don't want to go through like a whole mock draft with you or anything, but right now pretty much everybody has DeAndre Eaton going number one. You know, I, I still think there's a chance that they jump in for Doncic, but uh, I just, it, it's just seems likely unless they're doing the big, best smoke screen of all time. Uh, so DeAndre Eaton goes number one. After that, it's just kind of no one has any idea what's going to happen. So who do you hope? Let's just start it out. Who do you hope falls to three? Oh, the nineteen-year-old from Slovenia. I want uh, Slovakia. I want uh, I want no. Luca. Slovenia want was Luka. right. Oh, it was. Yeah. And some uh, then some sports thing this morning called him say it was Slovakia and had the Slovakia flag. So we need to probably point that out to him. I'm sure it was like Bleacher Report or somebody. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it'll be messed up several times. This I'm, I'm excited to see all the personalities on TV say his name for a couple hours straight. It I really, it's going to be high comedy. I want Dominique Wilkins to say it. That's why I <laughs> he he butchers names like no other. And I'm mainly oh excited to see what he says if the yeah. superstar is in Atlanta. Yeah. No, I mean that's uh that's that. But aside from all that type of stuff, um, you know, uh, Doncic is a guy that a lot of teams in the in the, t- in the lottery are eye- eyeing. So um, if they if he fall, I, mean, I think he will be there at three. To be honest with you, um, unless like I said, Phoenix is running a smokescreen. I think he's going to be there at three. I think he might be there at four for Memphis. But you know, it, it's it seems that a lot of these teams at the top are scared of him for some reason. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, I can see how their thought process is we don't want to take a European. Like the European League is totally different from the NBA, and they are all right on that. Watching European basketball versus the NBA, there's no question the NBA is far superior. International players just don't have that it 
factor. I mean, you look at the Olympics, the United States dominates. They win by 70, 60 games. But I think this kid is special in his own mm-hmm. way. And watching him play, not just watching highlights like most people do. I've actually sat down and watched him play a game, and there's nobody else I would rather bring in the ball up in Atlanta than Luca. after what I saw. You don't want uh, Schroeder running the point and making. <laughs> we can we can talk we can we, we can talk about that later. I'm I'm not a big Dennis guy. Um, he made himself um, in the bad list in Atlanta for sports fans this off season mm-hmm. with what he did in Germany. But we'll talk about that later. But Luca, oh yeah, he he's only 19 years old. The game that I watched, he was 18, and his his maturity, his vision. His creativity is something that doesn't happen often. No. And if he came to America, came to an NCAA program, like he would only spend one year there and everybody would be talking about him and nobody would even be considering Trey Young as an option, I think. Yeah, as far as the top guard yeah. in the draft. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. And uh, – I- I'm a guy who likes wings and players that are multi-talented, you know, have different angles to their game more so than a big man. Now, there's no substitute for a guy that can protect the rim and can finish and even shoot. In today's world, you need him to be able to shoot. Now, my my problem is at the top of the draft, even with Phoenix at one, is that you're – we know this is a heavy draft with bigs at the top. The top four or five guys, uh, you know, they're power forwards, they're centers, they're rim runners, whatever. Now, while the, I'm not saying those guys aren't talented, I, I think we have to look at what's going on in, 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 in the teams that were successful in the postseason this year and what types of lineups they were using and who has the most impact on the game. The, the NBA is so you know individual in some ways where sing, single players, single talents can impact the game and, and swing it one way or the other and, and can really change the course of a franchise even. And I just don't see how – if you're a team like Atlanta, if you're a team like Sacramento or Memphis or Dallas or somebody like that, you know, Orlando too, how, how are you selling yourself on a player like, you know, Marvin Bagley or a player like Michael Porter Jr. or Jaron Jackson over a player like Doncic who has such an impact on the game and has given you evidence of that? That's what's so hard for me. It's like he's, he's done the work. Yes, it's we, in a different league, but – I don't think the NCAA, I don't think NCAA basketball is like head and shoulders above you know the Euro League that he plays in. And it probably you know they wouldn't stay on the court with some of those teams over there. A lot of the top flight uh, NCAA teams. Yeah, a lot of people are saying like, look what Luca's doing against European teams. But then I could say the same thing about Marvin Bagley when before he hit ACC play, like they're playing like Presbyterian right. College. Like I don't. I, those are snooze fest games, and I, some games yeah. Luca was like flat out dominant. But then you had to take a second and be like, "Oh, well, look who he was playing. Look who was guarding him." But that's the well, difference. Look who's guarding me. Marvin Bagley. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you've got NBA talent in the ACC, and you've got a lot of talented teams, but you don't have top flight talent across the board in all these college programs. A lot of your players they never stay more than one or two seasons, so. It's not like Marvin Bagley is being guarded by Jaron Jackson Jr. or DeAndre Ayton every game. He's playing 90% of his, of his minutes against players that are never going to play in the NBA. And, <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, what, how are we the, – the comparison's a little off, but I do understand, you know, the, 
the harshness towards the Euro. There's, there's been a lot of people picked in the top five, top ten uh, from overseas that haven't really panned out. But I think the, the difference to me is that you, even a play, player like Porzingis, who a lot of people doubted, who didn't think Phil Jackson would take him, he's been successful and been an all-star level talent, made the all-star team this year even though he's injured. The players that are normally picked at the top of the draft that are from Euro, they're 18, 19 years old, like Luca. But when you look at their stat line, they averaged like 12 minutes a game, scored like six points, had like three rebounds, so on and so forth, because they weren't good enough to play at that level. And a lot of times in, in, in the Euro League, they don't prize young talent like they do in the NBA or in college basketball. So you have 30-year-old guys over there that are going to get the minutes over Dragon Bender or Porzingis or Milicic or whomever across the down the list of these Euro stars. Luka's been playing heavy minutes for multiple years in a row. He's won the MVP. He's, you know, outclassed countless people on the court. He's not a bench. He's not a bench person. He's not a bench player. He's not a role player that's just too young to get on the court. That's my main difference with him. It's like he's he's outclassed the players over there. He's the best player in the league. He's not just an up and coming NBA talented player in your in Europe. I agree. And the European league, it's a European game. It's shorter minutes wise mm-hmm. than an NBA game or a college game. So he is doing all this in a shorter amount of time. And that right. it's it's just a minor thing, but it's something that if you actually sat down and thought about it, it's really impressive. Right. No, it, it is. It is. And uh, I mean, a lot of people's uh, criticisms of him or his quickness and his and his uh, his defensive ability his like, you know, really kind of the excitement factor. Um, I don't know if that's because of what he looks like or because he's white or whatever. Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of times you get those type of comparisons when, you know, it's like who are you going to compare him to at the NBA level? It's like, oh, he's plays like Manu Ginobili. And it's like, ah, does he really? But I do think he actually does play similar to, you know, I think almost a seal, a floor comparison for him is a Manu or is a, uh, you know, like an Evan Turner type player who at their peak, at their apex has been, you know, uh, top end talent in the NBA, you know, like a cusp all-star level talent. And then kind of his ceiling is a guy like a, you know, a James Harden or a guy, a, a wing ball handler that can score from everywhere on the court, can conduct the offense, can kind of lull you to sleep with his, with his, uh, with his uh, ball, with his ball handling, but, you know, kind of sees the entire court. You know, he knows what's going on, you know, like a bit, like he's, he's a, he's a different type of player, like Ben Simmons, who's kind of a bigger point guard, but sees everything, knows what's going on and, and can kind of, conduct the offense which uh, to me it's just i don't know how you pass it off exactly i mean we can flip the script and we can make this the nfl draft and say your team team a is trying to rebuild they tanked they need almost every position what position are you going to go get are you going to go get a left guard are you going to go get a safety are you going to go a wide receiver heck no you're going to go get a quarterback you're going to get a guy who has vision and that's what the Atlanta Hawks and Memphis Grizzlies are doing. And if yeah. Luka is there at pick five, both those teams need to look themselves in the eyes and mm-hmm. see, wh- ask them what happened. Right. I mean, uh, that's the thing. If this guy drops out of the top five or drops to number five, it's just a testament that, you know, because uh, these teams have scouted him. 
you know, the Kings have scouted him, the Suns have scouted him, Atlanta has, and Memphis. I know Memphis has specifically, even local media has been on it. They've, they, early on in the season, we knew where we were going to be. We knew we were probably going to be at the top, the, the top end of this draft. You know, we weren't going to have a good season. So they started, you know, putting in the dollars, putting in the resources to scouting him and scouting others, college players. And, uh, you know, so we, they, they have this treasure trove of information and, and film and in-person, you know, accounts of, of, of Luca. So it's honestly, at this point, it's, are you going to let your, are you going to let other people dictate what you're going to do? Are you going to make a pick because you're scared of failing? Are you going to go with a Michael Porter because, you know, he was a high school all American that looked like the top best player in the, you know, in the class last year, are you going to, choose Jaron Jackson because that's what everybody says and because he's a prototypical, you know, rim protector. You know, I think you have to – it really goes down to it. You're going to look at yourself, and this is a decision that could get you fired. You know, if you, if you pass up on him and he comes into the league and he's, you know, takes it by storm. You know, it's like last year. You know, people are going to – people are looking back on teams that passed Donovan Mitchell, and, uh, you know, that's going to be a blip on those guys' rate. That's going to be a – asterisk in their in their in their resume that they didn't pick him you know but people like the knicks and stuff like that like you know you could have had your player of the future oh absolutely well um i guess we got 48 hours to see what happens yeah it's all all about i don't care what the suns do i care about what the kings do (laughs) and i I have no clue what the kings are doing i don't think even the kings know what they're doing (laughs) i think the word is right now that they really like bagley um, I think that's a smoke screen. I think so. Mm-hmm. They've also been rumored for a, a, a surprise landing for Porter Jr. too, which he's been all up and down the top ten in the past week. So it, it, it's really hard to peg it where it's who they're going to go with. And they're also the Sacramento Kings. And it's like I could, they're going to screw this up regardless. <laughs> so Yeah, I just – the one person I – if we don't take Luca, I would want uh, Jackson. I think so. But I one person I don't want is Mo Bamba. And every time I get on social media or an Atlanta sports thing, I just scroll through the comments and they're like, you better draft Mo Bamba. You better draft him. Like they had like an Instagram of him shooting. And I was shooting by himself in the gym, nobody guarding him. And he made like seven threes in a row. I mean, I can get my tape recorder, go out there and make seven threes in a row. Take me longer than he did it, but I can still do it. <laughs> um, and everybody's just scrolling. and like, we got to take this guy. We got to get him. No, no, we don't. I've actually, I worked the NCAA March Madness tournament in here in Nashville. And I had the pleasure of seeing both Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri and Obama for Texas play i was right underneath the basket for both of those games and mo it he looked lost i mean nevada who doesn't really have a superstar on their team bullied him around and he couldn't protect the rim he was lazy getting back on defense he just relied on his height i think he fouled out i just don't think he did foul out i don't think um his work ethic and his heart is in it and i i can't say anything more because it was he was playing for texas and he knew what his next game would be. But still, if that's a guy, how he carries – if that's how he carries himself in the NBA, I absolutely don't want him mm-hmm. near Atlanta, Georgia. Right. I mean, and you having that in-person experience can really set the narrative in your mind about him too. And, and But I think he's been 
I mean, even like if you, you know, I'm looking here on like some of the notes that Kevin O'Connor wrote about him on the ringer and it says he lacks intensity uh, that you want in like a defensive anchor. And that, that's something right there. Cause the floor you see for Mo Bamba, what you see, okay. At bare minimum, let's say these videos of him shooting and his skill, let's say that's just because he's in an empty gym. The bare minimum you'd want to get out of him is a high energy rim protecting big man that can finish play like a Clint Capella type role and, you know, really anchor your defense and provide offense when he's got a mismatch down there or, you know, with a good, with a good ball handler or with a good uh, facilitator can uh, get him some finishing opportunities, you know, score 12, 13, 14 points a game, something like that, grab 12 rebounds. But if he lacks that motor and he doesn't have that, that kind of, you know, it factor, that intense, like, you know, kind of the Kevin Garnett mean streak that, a lot of those big guys have to have, or they just get pushed around. Then what are you? Then then you are really. Well, then what are you drafting? You're drafting an idea of what this guy could be. So I mean, you're really gonna have to. His his in person workouts are gonna really play a lot with him. But of course, I mean, he's he's been getting a lot of pub lately. I could definitely see him going top five, like without a doubt. Oh, I can, I can see him going top five too, because that's just how the media works and how it manipulates people. But. Uh, like like I said, Jaron Jackson, the JJJ, I would like him if my precious European is off the board. Um, I really like what he does. I like his um, knowledge of the game. I like how he hustles back on defense. That's the main thing for me <laughs> and a big guy is yeah. how hard you hustle to get back after a mistake. And I think him and John Collins would be a match made in heaven for years to come yeah. in Atlanta. John Collins, I was very iffy about taking him. Uh, you can ask my former roommate when we watched the draft together when John Collins' name came across the board. I just kind of buried my head into a pillow and was like, <laughs> I better hope. I, I wasn't mad per se, but I was like, ugh. It's an uninspiring. Maybe. Yeah, it's like a, it's not a flashy pick. I was like, ugh, well, we'll see what he can do. And he – balled out this year and he became my favorite player so do you view him as a like a four power forward like stretch five what do you view him as like do you think him and Jackson can be successful next to each other yeah I think they can play off of each other I see this I see the bigs for Atlanta taking shape if they take Jackson but then again we live in the 2018 NBA where big men aren't going to carry you to a playoff, let alone a championship. This True. isn't 20 years ago when you had Tim Duncan and the Admiral shaking things up in San Antonio and then yeah. you had Shaq attack with the Lakers. So this, it's everybody just wants to shoot threes. It's true. So, I mean, it, the thing is, though, I mean, the most successful Hawks, uh, you know, kind of period there that we mentioned earlier. I mean, Paul Millsap and Al Horford were your two bigs, two versatile players who could shoot the ball, you know, rebounded and really anchored the defense. You know, I mean, that that was the last time you were successful, similar to the Grizzlies and Zach Randolph and Martin Gasol. And there is something to be said for zagging when the league is, you know, zigging or whatever, zigging and zag, whatever you want to say it. You know, there you can have – that's the thing. You can have regular season success, and you can ha- – and if that's what you want as a team – if that's what you and, – and honestly, there's something to be said for organizations like Atlanta and, and like Memphis that maybe that is what you should shoot for and hope to make a surprise run to the conference finals and hope you catch somebody on a bad night. But to be a consistent playoff team that puts butts in seats, maybe that's what 
maybe that's what you should put out there. Maybe you shouldn't be worried about beating the Warriors. You know, maybe uh, you have to think about that sometimes. You know, as uh, a smaller market team, and that Atlanta's not a really small market, but they haven't really had, as far as basketball goes, you know, a run of superstars in the past. So absolutely not. Atlanta's not really a <laughs> huge sports cities with disappointment after disappointment. But hey, I still will wake up and cheer for them tremendously. Yeah, and I hated the fact that y'all lost Budenholzer. I really, I, I know there was probably some some strife at the top. I don't know about your opinion on him, but. I had, high, I had a high opinion of him. I know he really developed some wing players there while he was there. And, and really, you know, that, the Hawks have always been known for developing marginal wing talent and make, putting them, you know, uh, getting them big contracts when they leave. You know, Bazemore, Damari Carroll, all that stuff. So what was your t- – I mean, did you – was that something that you were upset about? Did you want them to work things out? Or were you kind of happy for a fresh person? I really wanted him to stay. Um but that's the NBA. That's jobs and sports. You have to go when your number's called. And yeah. he messed. So I don't think he personally messed up. I think someone in management probably said something they weren't supposed to. Again, mm-hmm. I'm an outsider looking in, so I don't know full details. So I'm not going to make a claim. But I honestly think um, someone in management might have said something they weren't supposed to. And right. Mike took it the wrong way. And Mike got out of there. And uh, I wish him all the best this year. And now it's time for the uh, Lloyd Pierce era. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, I think I heard there was some rumblings of uh, maybe him not agreeing with the strategy of, uh, you know, I guess the tank, if you want to say that. Which, I mean, it is frustrating for a coach. You know, he's a guy that's kind of cut from the mold. He's like a Brad Stevens, Greg Popovich, you know, one of those hands-on coaches that really develops talent and can go out there and put a winning team on the court, even if it's not doesn't look like you're supposed to. And I think they tried to, you know, almost like put him in handcuffs a little bit and say, like, don't do what you're best at, which is from a coaching perspective, like that's got to be frustrating. And so, I mean, I'm anxious to see him see what he can do in Milwaukee, because I think that's what they've been missing is a a high quality coach. So we'll see. Yeah. The the one person that doesn't need to be in Atlanta is still in Atlanta. And he was a Europeaner. So I want to replace one (laughs) with another one. I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, so is there? So you're saying you wanted to you you would rather go with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. if Doncic is not there at three. So you know somebody like Marvin Bagley doesn't tempt you at all. You know anybody like that? Trey Young, you know Michael Porter. Are those players like are they are they close to the Jaron Jackson level, or is it like you just like his fit better with the roster now? I like his fit better with the organization. Mm -hmm. Those other guys that you mentioned, every guy in the top ten, everybody in this draft is what drives me crazy about sports fans. Every single guy who's going to get his name called is a great, talented basketball player. But it's up to the teams to pick the best fit. And sometimes, most of the time, a lot of teams are hit and miss. So, for me, Jackson out of Luca is the best fit in Atlanta in the top mm-hmm. 10. Those other guys are really talented. Marvin Bagley keeps preaching that don't miss out on me. I'm going to make you pay. Um, I'm stepping up my game and I'm ready to prove the world, prove to the world what I could do. And that's great for him, but I still don't think his style of play would be welcome in Atlanta. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I mean, and, and, and to be honest, the main reason is you don't want to have to buy Puma gear. I mean, let's be honest. You don't want to have to do that. 
He was actually pretty smart for that. Now he gets to be the face of Puma, and he's like the main guy. So I, no. I commend him for signing with. Puma. Oh no, I, 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 I agree. It was more than fun. I, I think him was it. Him, Aiton, and Zaire Smith are all signed with Puma now. And I, dude, go after your check, man. Especially this guaranteed money. There's been a lot of prospects that made more money off their shoe deals than they made in the NBA, off their rookie shoe deals. Oh, so absolutely. I mean, you get that guaranteed money, like. No hate. I mean, yeah, go for Puma for five or six years and then go to Nike or whoever you want after that or stay with, you know, depends on how, how it goes with them. But I really that was a storyline that I did not see coming until earlier, like end of last week was <laughs> was Puma jumping on the scene. You know, that was kind of interesting to me. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Vince Carter was the first one to yeah. go back in the day. He signed with Puma. Yeah, they've been out of it a little bit. They've been out of the, uh, the basketball mm-hmm. game for a little while. So um, I, th- I think it's uh, it's cool to see. I-, I like seeing competition, you know. I mean, even the big baller brand stuff, like I'm not a fan of the, you know, the actual product. But, uh, I mean, the fact that you're trying to kind of buck the system and, and really promote a different type of brand, you know, I- I'm a fan of it. I love the, the brands. And, you know, I'm-, I'm an Adidas Nike guy. Like, under- I'm-, I'm-, I'm a fan of all of it and how they position their stuff. So I think it's going to be fun to see the type of – the technology you have now, like Puma's going to put a good shoe out there. Like the tech, you know, the, 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 it's all there for you. Like, you know, put, you could, these guys are going to have the spotlight on you, put a good product out there. People will buy it. So. Absolutely. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so did you want to, uh, is there anything else you want to run it, run through with the Hawks? I mean, I know there was some, some pent up Dennis Schroeder anger. Um, can you get into a little detail about what happened with him in Germany? I'm not actually aware of this. I don't know if I've been out of the loop, but what happened? He was, uh, he was over in Germany, and um, he went on some show or someone interviewed him, and he was basically saying he wouldn't mind being traded to uh, Indiana or Milwaukee because he, he's in his prime. I get it. You don't want to be on a team that's tanking. You want to try to go make the playoffs. But he then deleted all of his – um, Instagram posts about the Hawks. I think he's deleted all of them except for one. It's just him standing in front of a car. And he unfollowed everybody in Atlanta on social media. And like really just took a blackout to social media saying, I'm judging outsider looking in. I'm done with Atlanta. And that didn't really sit well with me. I know um, some of the players tweeted some regards the next day after they found out about uh that how they didn't appreciate that and if i don't i don't want a guy who doesn't want to be there and atlanta hawks fans all few of us that are out there it's going to be a while before we're back in uh the playoffs again it could be two years three years four years five years i mean let's see who we draft this year but dennis schroeder is not a part of the equation and i think Thursday night, he will no longer be a member of the oh. Atlanta Hawks basketball club. So you think uh, you think he's a trade chip at the moment? I think he is, but right now, who who wants it? Yeah, I don't think who wants him. Nobody's gonna take him. He's got felony charges, possible felony charges. Oh, don't well. want to allegedly say that <laughs> allegedly, and he can't shoot. He can't play defense. He complains way too much. And every time I watch him shoot a three-pointer, I end up 
yelling at the TV, everybody get back on defense because there's no point to go get the rebound because it's going to either brick or go over the backboard. I think he has one of those uh, shot forms where it's like he doesn't pick up his feet off the ground. It's not a jump shot. It's kind of like he's just standing there shooting a free throw. I don't know if that's him or if I'm just remembering his shot on NBA 2K or not, but it's like a it's like a it's like a very not visually appealing shot at all. Oh, absolutely not! I don't like it when he shoots. Um, every time, um, every time I'm watching a Hawks basketball game and I see him about to shoot, I'm like, please, please pass this right that's now. Hilarious. Um, so that you brought up an interesting point though that I want to get into before I let you go um, is is using him as a trade chip and and, and there's a couple players like in a similar position as Schroeder that have uh, not, you know, legally and whatnot, but as far as contract go that have been rumored for trades packaged with picks, you know, Memphis has been rumored to be looking to package Chandler Parsons at number four to move down to get off the contract, you know, Kenneth Farid in Denver, you know, now you're talking about Atlanta and Schroeder. The thing about Atlanta is you have three first round picks. So I think you're actually in a very good position to package one or both of those non-lottery. I mean, I guess you could do the three pick for some type of mega deal, but I really don't see you doing that unless you're sending him to, you know, San Antonio for Kawhi or you're sending him to somewhere where you're getting an established player back. I don't think that would be worth losing the top three pick. So I think they're actually in a good spot. I mean, you have you have 19 and you have 30. Um, you know, there's, this is a, this is a loaded draft. There's a lot of impact wing players that are going to be available in that, you know, 15, 16 to like 25 range. So you having that pick, especially on draft night, once it gets to you being on the clock or one, you know, one pick away, you could probably look into something where you, you find a playoff team that has some extra cap space or they don't mind going over, over the, uh, you know, over the cap or, you know, having the luxury tax or whatever and packaging Schroeder to get to, to get them a, you know, a prospect that they want. So that's a, that's an interesting thing to watch. Another player, uh, Kent Bazemore. Same thing. Yeah. He, he may even be easier to get rid of. That contract though, is it's, it's killer. I don't think a team's going to yeah. be willing to take that without getting a good bit. Yeah, back. That's a tough one. Uh, it's a five-year deal too, isn't it? Yeah. The only player – there's only two players on the current Hawks roster that are off limits to me, and that is Prince and Collins. Everybody else, if they get traded, mm-hmm. I I don't care. <laughs> I know in 48 hours yeah. they could trade the whole team except for them two, and I wouldn't care. Well, actually, Those my that, uh, that Bazemore contract, it's the same one as the Chandler Parsons pretty much. So he's got one more guaranteed year, then there's a player option. So – you know, for a team, uh, let's say like the Warriors or somebody, or a team like Ball- you know, Boston has plenty of wing talent, but somebody like, you know, the Wizards or Portland or, you know, Cleveland or, you know, Philadelphia, somebody like that, uh, Toronto, somebody like that who wants to get back into the first round, who doesn't mind, you know, paying a little bit extra salary uh, on the salary cap. Uh, but willing to give you some assets back or future picks or, you know, young players like, you know, what if – I think that's a pretty good spot to be. I think you could probably find somebody um, to ship that out. And you don't really have to give anybody up. I mean, Bazemore, like you said, is, is probably not a part of the future. Oh, no. he And he's the main person pushing not to be a part of the future, yeah. which is I am – Okay with that, man. Yeah. I've enjoyed your service. I really liked you only when you were a backup to Jeff T. But 
I wish you all the best and don't burn a bridge with your new team. Heard that. One, uh, one last question before I let you get out of here. Um, so, like I said, you do have two other first-round picks, 19 and 30. Uh, let's say you keep both of them, keep one of them, combine them for something else, whatever. What's another player that's outside the lottery that you've kind of seen that you would love the Hawks to take a chance at? It could be off the wall. It doesn't have to be somebody that's pegged there now. Who do you – is there somebody that you've kind of, like, seen yourself or done a little research on that you'd like? I'll tell you one player that everybody keeps rumoring us at 30 is Grayson Allen. And I don't know where that came from. I thought it was like a typo, and then I went to another site, and then another site, and then another site, and they kept saying Grayson Allen. And I am like, what is going on? Who is, who is making these assumptions? <laughs> But if um, honestly, it all depends on who we take. If we take uh, Luca, I'm gonna be honest. I really don't have that big of a uh, pull. I yeah, don't really care. Um, I kind of want the big ragu, the big ragu from Villanova, just to say that we got him. <laughs> I enjoyed watching him play at Villanova. Do I think he can make it at the NBA? Probably not, but it, I would like to see him try. I would always root for him. Yeah. Um, the French point guard. Akobo. If, yeah, if we do not take him, if we don't take uh, Luca, mm-hmm. that is. Um, I wouldn't mind a guy and uh, Mitchell Robinson or Miles Bridges if they fall, but I don't think they'll be there. I think they'll both be taken yeah. and – the lottery. So we'll have to see. Um, Troy Brown might be another one. Right. But um, no, there's a, there's some there's some good names in that range. Like I almost would be hesitant to trade that 19th pick unless it was for a good package because uh, uh, just because of the talent that's going to be there. You know, there's a lot of good wings. You know, Divincenzo. Uh, I don't think it would be too high. Honestly, I think he's got a little bit of upside to be worth it. You've got two picks. Um, the, the Grayson Allen thing, I actually, in my first initial mock draft, uh, I put him there at number 30 for the sole reason that I feel like his face and his personality and just everything about Grayson Allen screams last pick of the first round. Like, that's just what it I is. Mean, like, not, not because it's the Hawks, because it's the last pick of the first round. Like, I just feel like that. But, um, I mean, the Hawks got – the Hawks uh, – I had Christian Leitner at one point, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, white guys from Duke. I mean, it, it, it's a thing. Um, yeah. But uh, I will say uh, one one other guy is uh, Robinson of Boston College. I really like. Him yeah, he's been a lot. He's too. been jumping up draft boards. He's yeah. been uh, really getting a lot of steam. Um, yeah, there's like I said, man. There's so many shooting guards and small, like the uh, Huerter guy out of uh, Kevin Herter out of. Uh, I'm saying that wrong, but out of Maryland. You know, he looks almost like a Clay Thompson type where he's just a really, really, really good shot and just kind of runs off screens and is like an automatic three-point shooter type. Uh, obviously not going to probably be the level that Clay was, but there's a lot of guys there. So we'll we'll see what's going on. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the Atlanta Hawks, man. You got a lot. You can make a lot of moves here. I like your core. You develop wings good. You got a good history. Um, you know, if, let's, let's hope you hit the – the coaching hire, right? And then, you know, you, that a lot of stuff can fall. And then you got Torian Prince, John Collins, get rid of Schroeder, get rid of Bazemore. I think you got a pretty good uh, 
core there. Oh, yeah. We'll be ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Kyle. Uh, thanks for having uh, – thank, or thanks for having – thanks for coming on with me. Um, and I know you're uh, trying to get some – we're getting some NBA draft content out now. You're doing a lot on social media. Um, you're, uh, you're pumping out some more World Cup content. Hopefully, we'll have a podcast out on that soon. Maybe I can jump on there with you. Um, uh, I'm hoping to have a podcast out tomorrow uh, or Thursday morning with uh, some other uh, Vendetta staffers to kind of go through, a, you know, a top 15, top 14 mock draft back and forth just to get some to get some uh, get some takes out there on who everybody's feeling uh, is going to be, be going where. And uh, there's going to be a lot of NBA draft stuff. Hopefully uh, uh, record some stuff right after the draft as well. Maybe I'll have you back on depending on uh, what happens, depending on if the if Doncic goes at three and you're ready to talk, or if it's Bamba and you just want to crawl in a hole. <laughs> we'll see. Whoever whoever the Hawks yeah. take in about a week, I will fully support them. <laughs> but you're going to have to give me some time if it's not my guy. I got gotcha. you. Well, uh, where, uh, what's your Twitter, Twitter handle? Uh, at Couple O Thoughts. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Kyle's a good Twitter follow. He's got a lot of sports content out there, a lot of uh, – uh, half-hearted stuff. It's a, it's really good content, and he's also running our Vendetta uh, social media Twitter account as well. It's at, at uh, I think it's at underscore Vendetta Sports. I can't remember exactly the handle, but um, but yeah. So uh, find him there. Uh, you can uh, you know buy our uh, buy our product as well at uh, daydrinkers.com. Uh, there's a Vendetta Sports uh, tab up at the top. Uh, I believe my podcast uh, promo code is Clear Path or Path or Clear like that but hey, regardless get the get the gear uh find kyle on social uh listen to this content but uh anyway thanks for coming on man oh and thanks for having me Jake. all right we'll see you see you